Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock, our storyteller, and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this morning we hear just the introduction to a much longer psalm, 72 verses, in fact. If we were to look at the entire psalm, we would hear the psalmist recounting the story of God's amazing works for the people of Israel, wonders of wonders. We would hear of the marvels in the land of Egypt, the parting of the seas, the splitting open of rocks, that the people of God may drink abundantly. And it's interesting to note that typically when we hear incline your ears in a psalm is to address God. But here the verbs address a human audience. The author has turned to face the people of God as a prophet, as a teacher, calling the attention not of an individual or humanity in general, but all of God's people. The psalmist is talking to us. But we don't get the entire story this morning. So what do we hear? We hear a call to recount the praiseworthy deeds and the power of the Lord, to share our own stories and notice the stories of other that speak of joy and pain. So generations to come might know how we live in our faith through words and deeds. It seems that we are and have been in the storytelling moments of the year. This morning and previous mornings, we have heard the readings and parables about the stories that Jesus is sharing with us from Matthew. We recently passed Halloween And the stories of ghosties and ghoulies and long-legged beasties have gone back into the shadows of the shortening sunlight. Now, not to cause any panic, but Thanksgiving and Christmas will soon be here. And with those holidays come even more stories. Sometimes the stories that are shared retell of family, friends, food, and fellowship. These stories may fill us with a sense of joy and hope, of bright mornings or crisp evenings where all the family is gathered around one table. But this is not always the case. Sometimes the stories we share and experience can bring back haunting memories of arguments, of abuse, and tears. And yet they are our stories. And where is God in our stories? Sometimes it may seem like God could only be in those bright and beautiful moments when all of our loved ones are with us. The turkey has thawed in plenty of time. No one's arguing about politics. And the children love their brand new pair of socks. But our stories are not always about these types of pleasant moments. Sometimes our stories tell of painful memories, of disastrous moments, and doubt of where God could be. 
What I've come to learn in my own walk in faith is that God is always with us. God is big enough to handle our shouts of joy and our anger. Now, growing up, I was taught God could never be questioned. God shouldn't be yelled at or be the brunt of our frustration. Why, God? Why would you let this happen? How could you let my child be sick? How could you let me lose my job? I don't understand. And God, he hears us. God hears our cry and cries along with us at the hurt we live. Even amongst our tears of anger and frustration, God loves us. God accepts us and is with us always in our stories. So how do we tell stories about God? How do we recount to generations to come what God has done in our lives or share frustrations and confusions? One way that I have heard this done is during our very own story hour. During this time, we read together a passage from Luke and then reflect on that passage using questions. The questions are simple, and yet they dig deep into our stories and understanding of God's words and deeds. This story core formation time is a holy time, a time when the stories we share give us a glimpse into the divine presence of God shaping and building our lives together. This is an intimate experience, a vulnerable experience, where we open up the books of our lives with pages smudged with tears or underlined with songs of praise for what God has done and is doing in our lives. And isn't that worth sharing? Now, you may be asking, well, Drew, this is all fine and good to share our stories within the hallowed walls of the fellowship hall, but how can I share my story out in the world? When I am dismissed to go forth in the name of God, what does this look like in the world? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> now, please forgive me for uttering this possible four-letter word, but I feel that we are called to evangelize. For myself, the word evangelism carries some negative connotation. Growing up, I thought, in order to evangelize, I must be eloquent in my speaking. I must be a, a theologian and stand on a street corner with a megaphone in my hand. Perhaps some of you share these feelings and images as well. This is not what evangelism is. You don't need a collar or a degree to share your story or share God's love in the world. For me, evangelism is letting the light of God that is within us, brilliantly shine forth. Evangelism is not only sharing our faith, but having faith, living in our faith. Evangelism is to live out loud the love of God. One simple way of witnessing and sharing, sharing God's love is by just being with someone. I encountered this while at Washington MedStar Hospital, 
serving as a chaplain with their clinical pastoral education program. I was walking down the hallway of the emergency department and passed by a small waiting room. It was close to midnight, and I noticed a woman sitting in a chair, her body slumped over, her hands resting in her face, her face resting in her hands. After introducing myself and reassuring her I was there just because I noticed her, not because I knew anything more than she did about what was going on with her son, we began talking. We talked about joyous things like her daughter who was getting married. We talked about a new grandchild that was on the way. We also talked about her anger at God for her son having cancer and at the doctors for a medical procedure she regretted agreeing to, which left her son with a constant need for a feeding tube. We spent about two hours in total together, but probably only talked for about one hour of that. The other time we just sat there together silently. We sat together in the presence of God who was holding us in this liminal space. Our time together finished when a nurse came to take her to see her son who was finally awake. She thanked me on her way out and I never saw her again. But those hours for me are an example of how evangelism can be more than just words. It can be just being with each other in the presence of the divine and bearing witness to joy and pain. Just by sitting with her and listening to her story, we were in the presence of God. God is everywhere and there is no place I can go where God is not already there. Now, this is just one example and evangelism can take so many different and amazing forms. It can be in pictures like the art and stained glass we see along the walls here at St. Michael's. It could be volunteering at a local food pantry or donating clothes to a shelter. It could be reaching out to that friend or neighbor you haven't talked to in a while. It can be grabbing a cup of coffee with that stranger you just met. It can be splitting open the rock of our souls and letting the waters of joy and tears pour forth. It can be as simple as looking out a window with amazement at the mysterious and wonderful colors God has created in the trees around us as autumn continues to deepen. So my friends, share your stories. Listen to each other's stories and even be God's hand in the world. Declare these moments of ancient mysteries which we have heard and known and experienced so that this generation and the generations to come might know the might and loving deeds of God. Amen.